Today's episode of Tea Time on the Ringer Podcast Network is brought to you by World Central Kitchen. Their relief team is working across America to safely distribute individually packaged fresh meals in communities that need support. They're now serving tens of thousands of meals daily in some of our biggest cities, like New York and L.A., and they're launching initiatives across America to deliver fresh, hot meals to hospitals and clinics fighting on the front lines while keeping local restaurants in business as well. You can directly help the heroes in hospitals and clinics who are fighting for us, and you can help keep your local restaurants alive. Go to theringer.com slash WCK to donate. We're trying to raise 250000 and if you have the means, it's an unbelievably great and useful cause that helps our hospital heroes, emergency workers, and local restaurants. Please give whatever you can. The money goes directly to the World Central Kitchen, and it's a charitable donation. Once again, that's theringer.com slash WCK. And welcome to another episode of Tea Time. This is a weekly pop culture podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Liz Kelly. And I'm Amelia Wedemeyer. Just like last week, we're still at our separate homes. We're <laughs> going to be doing the pod, you know, all separately. Um, but today we are adding two new categories to switch things up. I'm extremely excited for this episode in particular. So first we're giving our very own Amelia her own category to deep dive on. Wow. Like whatever drama from the 2000s she wants. Like basically Thank 2000 you. to 2016, right? Is like the era we're working in for you. Yes. Um, we gave you free reign. She's just going to take us through <laughs> That time in history. And then later in the episode, Kate and I revisited the iconic book and movie series Twilight for our first ever cringe mode. Okay. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> Every time you hear the bell, we have to change topics. So let's spill the tea. Yeah. All right. First category <laughs> is Tea Time Checks In with some television. Obviously, that's what we're all pretty much doing these days besides right. eating. All right, Amelia, start <laughs> us off. <laughs> that's so true. Okay. So I don't know if you guys remember, but back a few months ago, they announced The Bachelor was like, you know, we've taken dating shows to new heights. We have The Bachelor. We have The Bachelorette. We have Bachelor Winter Games. We were going to have Bachelor Summer Games, Bachelor in Paradise, you know, all these iterations. Well, now they're back with a new iteration. <laughs> it's called Listen to Your Heart. And when this began, I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to friggin' watch this show because mm -hmm. I have other things to do. And then lockdown happened. And I'm like, this show is the only thing that's keeping me alive. Um, <laughs> so we both watched Listen we to did. Your Heart, which is literally... It's pretty much a dating show, but with music thrown in. So they take yes. a bunch of Jeds, a bunch of struggling artists, and they're like, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to throw you in a house with a hot tub. You guys are going to drink some alcohol, maybe make out with a few people. And then we're going <laughs> to also give you the chance to sing duets. We haven't gotten to that part yet, but we did have like several iterations of a John Mayer song, which was exciting. Right. And just as a disclaimer, you can listen to like maybe um, like a more eloquent <laughs> discussion of Listen to Your Heart on Bachelor Party Feed. True. Juliet Lippman and then Roger Sherman talk about this first episode. But you know, that's, Amelia is really here to give us her classic flair. <laughs> so do you want to tell us your favorite couples, Amelia? Oh my God. Okay. So Brie and Chris, we haven't seen much of them yet, but 
Brie looks someone actually Andrew Godadaro mentioned she looked like Hope Hicks. So I can't yes, really wow. see it, right? <laughs> but wow. she seems really sweet. She seems really sweet. Chris seems really sweet. They both seem really talented and they are into each other. And I'm into it. I love them. I think they're great. You know what I'm like, I'm fascinated what your thoughts are on this. I find that there's a, a bit of a spectrum on the ability of like how people can sing on this show so far. Chris, yes. for example, is a beautiful singer. And so is Jamie yes. and whoever the other guy we've watched, Ryan, the other Ryan. two that we've watched. Yes. But I will say there were little clips of other contestants singing and they are not that good. They're okay. <laughs> but like to be on an ABC, like nationwide network television show, <laughs> Especially right now. Yeah. Yeah. Not to call shots, but Cheyenne, I don't know if like maybe it wasn't her key (laughs) or something, but like that wasn't her best ability, I don't think. Poor Cheyenne. You know, I don't even (laughs) remember who Cheyenne was, to be honest. I have the cast list up right now, which is the only reason I'm recalling that name. Um, So, okay. Your favorite couple is Brie and Chris. And then there's the love triangle. I'm sure you ate that Uh, up. You know, I was all about that love triangle. Uh, So there's a girl (laughs) named Jamie. She's 21. She's the youngest one. So of course she's going to be a hot commodity uh, because men are disgusting. But then uh, Ryan, who looks, someone mentioned he, who did they say he looked like? Oh, Mallory said he looked like um, young Tom Riddle from the Harry Potter movies. Wow. And he does. Yeah. Yeah, So he was there and they hit it off because they were the first two people to arrive. And then in walks, Fucking Trevor Holmes, who I don't know if you watched the reboot of American Idol, but this girl did. And he was on the reboot of American Idol. I don't think he made it to the competition itself, but he did get to Hollywood and stuff. And Katy Perry was like in love with him. There's a whole clip and she's like flirting with him. And she's just like, you're such a dreamboat. And you hear Luke Brian go with his like crazy (laughs) cackle. Who knew Luke Bryan had a crazy cackle, but he does. Okay. I'm just going (laughs) to say it. Yeah. Again, I don't think Trevor has that good of a voice. Maybe when he serenaded Jamie, it was basically like spoken word on the acoustic (laughs) guitar. And if you can't hold a note in a John Mayer song, which he just copied the date that this girl previously went on. Yes. That's a red flag. I don't know. I wasn't impressed. A hundred percent. And this guy just seems like a dog, you know? Yeah. He just does. Yeah. He gives off right. that vibe. It's not good. He does. We have a lot of other TV to cover. So let's quickly go through who do you oh, see so going to paradise from this show? I could literally talk about this forever. Um, well, obviously I see Jamie going. Uh, mm-hmm. I also see Trevor going. How about you? I see both of those. I see Gabe, who's a human muscle, going to paradise. Oh um, he my seems gosh. really sweet. And yes. he just has the paradise body, I feel like. He does have the paradise body. He definitely, and they had like a, a shirtless pic of him, like yeah, two course. seconds into his little like intro. Of course. Right? Okay. I swear to God, this will be really quick and I apologize it in advance. Be. <laughs> okay. But I'm going to do a, another very quick nipple investigation <laughs> because Mom, I was looking this off, please. <laughs> Sorry. I was looking at pictures of Jamie's Instagram as I do, you know, with all these contestants. And there was a picture I dove pretty deep because I have nothing else to do. And Mm -hmm. she's wearing a a bikini and she too has a great bod. And Mm -hmm. I could tell by, and I used my skills of deduction, my uh, nipple Andrew Cuomo (laughs) barbell assumption rule. So I saw three little, little, dots and I was like oh my god she has a she has a freaking 
nipple ring. So are nipple rings just like cool now? Should we all get nipple rings? I'm so I think so maybe confused. more people have it than we think. And also I would say this is yeah. why uh, you go to tea time for the Amelia Wedemeyer flair talking about these <laughs> things. But we're going to move on to other TV we've been watching okay. yes, very yes, quickly. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, um, sorry. I watched the remote SNL episode. Honestly, not great. The only things I'll say oh. that were interesting about the episode was that you can see people's homes in the background. First oh. of all, just while we're in a conspiracy theory corner, I am convinced that Tom Hanks used a green screen to do his opening monologue because he didn't want to show his actual kitchen or actual oh my. home. Are you serious? more to the masses. Amelia, look it up. Look at Tom Hanks' intro and like his oh. whole thing for this episode. He hosts the show. Yeah. Okay, he and Rita Wilson combined are worth $400 million. (laughs) And the kitchen that he's quote unquote standing in is very small. There's like no, like I've seen enough celebrity kitchens and celebrity homes to now know that that is not Tom Hanks' real kitchen. It's just wow. You can find that kitchen in a nice two bed in Culver City. That is not the home of Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson. (laughs) You know, he went on Zillow and was like a moderately priced home. He threw that green screen up. (laughs) Technology is crazy. Everyone look that up. And then also (laughs) um, Colin Jost is like, you know, the intro package where they show all of the people on the show. Um, They do like a little five seconds. Colin Jost was sitting at a table, presumably in his home, drinking tea with a bunch of dolls. And I was like, that is Scarlett Johansson's daughter's dolls. I'm assuming (gasps) because that family is quarantining together. Oh my God, you're you're so right. You're so right. You got to stay woke out there. Moving quickly along, I watched the Tiger King reunion special. Not a lot to write home about. Amelia, I don't know if you had a different opinion on it. No, I agree. It was just like, I don't think we really needed it, you know? There was no additional info. Fucking Joel McHale hosted, <laughs> which was the worst possible option. I I don't know why. I just blindly despise that guy. I'm very sorry. <laughs> and then lastly, in the TV category, do you want to quickly talk about one more thing? Oh, yeah. Just quickly, Brad Pitt. The Property Brothers got Brad Pitt to guest on their first episode of their new show, Celebrity IOU, where a celebrity— Pretty much redoes a like area or something of a a loved one's home, and he redid <laughs> this um, backyard little space for a makeup artist named Jean Black, and it was very touching and sweet. <laughs> well done! What a nice note to end that category on. All right, we can move on. <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Okay, Amelia will be back later. We're bringing in Kate Hallowell to do this week in social media. Hi, Kate. Hello. All right, start us off. Oh my gosh, so much happening in social media this week. First of all, the first pictures of Dune were released online. And I know you think I'm going to talk about Timothy Chalamet because he's the star (laughs) of Dune. It's my brand. But I'm going to pivot and talk about what the entire internet was talking about, which is Oscar Isaac. There's a picture of Oscar Isaac in Dune and he plays Timothy Chalamet's dad. And he has, first of all, just this just bushy quarantine beard (laughs) before it was a quarantine beard. Full of, like, salt and pepper. He's in, like, this metal armor, and he's just staring down the camera. And it, like, really, truly broke Twitter. I think somebody <laughs> tweeted, K. Taylor Ray tweeted, okay, you can't just release pictures of Oscar Isaac into the wild like this when many of us have not seen a man IRL in weeks, <laughs> which I think is part of the problem here. Um, yeah. Everybody just got really horny on Maine, um, <laughs> as they say. And there was a tweet that got 6,000 retweets that was just screenshots of straight men reacting to this picture of Oscar Isaac, like specifically this one picture. And it was just all these men being like, I like, I guess I have to like add Oscar Isaac to the list of men that like I would. (laughs) 
It used to just be Chris <laughs> Evans. Now it's a longer list. Um, John Boyega was tweeting about it. People just really went into a meltdown. And so I'm grateful for that. These photos came at a really good time for the world. It Very did. uplifting stuff. It did. We really needed it. Also this week, this was a really difficult week for me on Twitter because One Direction reunion trended for about 48 hours straight. And mm. I just didn't know what to believe. <laughs> Their 10-year anniversary is coming up in July. And there are so many rumors about if they're going to do some sort of reunion. They have been trending One Direction reunion. I Who knew that the Directioners were still so active on Twitter? I certainly did not. But they are. They need they need some help with the memes, I will say. Uh, there mm. were some memes going around that I was like, okay, you guys haven't done this for 10 years. <laughs> you need some, <laughs> we need to brush up on 2020 memes. Um, but I, I've looked into it, and I think that the problem is Liam Payne. And the problem is always Liam Payne. And so that shouldn't be a surprise. <laughs> but I think, I really think he's just stirring the pot because he wants attention and he's bored. He's been mm-hmm. spreading a lot of rumors. He's been like, I've been talking to the guys. We're figuring out what we want to do for the 10-year reunion. We've been really talking to each other. Like, have you, first of all, like you haven't been meeting. We all know. Like at Tops, you've had a phone call. Right. Obviously, they're not going to do anything in person with each other. Maybe a Zoom call. Can't imagine they're working on music. Um, <laughs> there were all these like fake screenshots saying that like they all followed Zane and like the One Direction account followed Zane. But like they've all followed Zane since, you know, before they broke up and the One Direction yeah. account still doesn't follow Zane. So like there was no change there. So people are getting really hyped up for what I think is probably going to be nothing. I think maybe mm-hmm. tops they'll like take a Zoom call picture together. <laughs> like that's fun Zane. though. I, I would take that. I would be shocked if Zane was involved. Um, but we'll see. I just have very low low expectations for this. And I well, need Liam Payne to stop. <laughs> Zane is in the English countryside with Gigi Hadid. Maybe like the outdoors and the horses and all the mm. cooking has like maybe reset a mm. little bit. Maybe this will I happen. Like that you know? Theory. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. I'm skeptical. Also on Twitter this week, this is good. Wish Amelia was here. Sad, but I'll try to do my best on this reporting. Um, <laughs> the, uh, like, Anna de Armas uh, update account. It's, like, at Armas Updates. Um, it's a pretty big account. It has about 10,000 followers for her, which is pretty good, honestly, yeah. for, like, a fan account to have. Um, it's, like, your classic daily posts, like, updates about her casting news and a lot of paparazzi photos, which obviously includes every single day when she's photographed with Ben Affleck walking their dogs, you know, which you all know our thoughts on. Right. Um, but a special thing came this Sunday on Easter. The Anna de Armas update Updates account tweeted, Anna DeArmas and Ben Affleck walk their dogs outside instead of praying for the pandemic to go away on Easter Sunday. And it's two photos. She's in this Gucci jumpsuit. Ben Affleck, they're like smiling. You know, they're outdoors and not masks, which is not proper etiquette. Then because of this tweet, the actual Anna DeArmas blocked this updates account. <laughs> so then they tweeted again and said, breaking Golden Globe nominee and movie star Anna DeArmas has recently blocked us. Which is so rude. And if she's going to be Ben Affleck's like girlfriend or whatever she is being, she's got to have a thicker skin. Her own update account. She can't turn on them that quickly. You And also like beggars can't be choosers on Adarmus. How many totally. people are willing to run a daily updates account for you? I can't imagine there are that many. Absolutely Maybe there are, agreed. But this and is also, like, <laughs> just mute them. These paparazzi photos are being circulated everywhere. If you're going to go out, especially she's in these high-end brands, like this, like they're very visible together when they walk outside. They right. know that. I can't believe she can't take a little flack. Also, 
I mean, it's true. They were walking their dogs outside instead of praying for the pandemic to go away. I don't see any problem. I see no lies here. Um, and in the comments, someone said, and this applies to our episode especially, uh, someone tweeted back at the <laughs> to Arma's updates account and said, stand Kristen Stewart instead. And they said, I'd rather stand a bucket. So <laughs> Kristen Stewart's day Out. has not come yet. Damn, that's tough. Arma stands. Honestly, whoever runs that account is really good at social media. And Ana Darmas should be more grateful for them. Amazing. Yes. Okay. Uh, next okay. one. Okay. Um, we made a promise last week. And we made a promise to ourselves, to each other, and to our listeners. And unfortunately, we have to immediately break that promise. We have to talk about Quibi again. <laughs> yeah, it's inevitable. Because, Even I watched the video. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. So this week, there was a viral tweet from Zach Raffio and it said losing my fucking mind at this Quibi show where an actual Emmy winner Rachel Brosnahan plays a woman obsessed with her golden arm and like we mentioned on a previous episode you can't actually take videos or take screenshots on Quibi so this person has taken a video with another cell phone of a cell phone sitting on a table so that we could see this clip God's um, work honestly thank you honestly and it's worth it so it's a minute long clip and it's from the show 50 States of Fear there are three parts to this Quibi episode because, you know, Quibi episodes are like five minutes long. And it's an episode about Rachel Brosnahan. And she plays this woman who has a golden prosthetic. And in the <laughs> clip, she's like, I can't take off my golden arm ever. And apparently she's in like a, a hospital room and the doctor's like, she has right. pulmonary gold so, disease. Yeah. So the doctor <laughs> says she's like really upset. She's like coughing a little bit before. And he goes, tests have come back. This is so serious, you guys. He goes, you have pulmonary gold disease. As long as your body keeps absorbing the gold through your skin, there's very little we can do. You've got to take off that prosthetic. And she goes, no, I can't take off my golden arm ever. And so she, and this is a horror show. This is literally a horror anthology show. This is based on like a folk tale and it's horrible. And so she like makes her husband like repeat, like, I will bury you with your golden arm. <laughs> and, what the fuck? So it turns out apparently like he buries her and then he like digs up her body and like takes the golden arm and, and like pawns it off. And then she like avenges her golden arm. But like every time in this clip that she says golden arm, it, it just becomes funnier and more ridiculous. And she keeps yeah. saying it. I you have to see it for yourself. Don't watch Quibi, but like watch this tweet. Yeah. Um, and it really is incredible. I also but right like 10 minutes before I, I logged on to do this pod, the trailer dropped for Anna Kendrick's Quibi show. Oh God. And it's called Dummy. And she's friends with her boyfriend's sex doll. Um what? and the sex doll comes to life and it has a face and it talks to her and it makes all these jokes. And it's like a buddy comedy with a sex doll. Um, what? And it's what? perhaps the, perhaps the worst thing I've ever seen. Is it a it's a comedy? Uh, yes, yeah, I would say it's what? a comedy. It's supposed to be like kind of like a Black Mirror thing too, where it's like commenting on society. I think first go us. There's a lot of synergy in this episode because we're talking about Anna Kendrick later as well. Yeah, but no, wow, is. absolutely not, absolutely yeah. not, you guys. I, honestly, I'm just so curious how much money they paid these stars to do this. These aren't like nobodies. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, You're telling me. Okay, let's move horrible. on. I don't want to talk about Quibi anymore. Yeah, seriously. I'm really sorry. We'll never talk about Quibi again until next week. Um, yeah. Okay. So finally in social media, there's a new meme this week that I honestly didn't understand for a long time. And then I finally read about it, understood it. This is going to be one of the worst ones, I think, that I ever have to try to explain yeah. on mic because you really have to see it. Godspeed. It's, it's a Gossip Girl meme. 
And it started to make the rounds. So it's a picture of Serena Vanderwoodson, I believe is her name, uh, Blake Lively's character on Gossip Girl. And then below is the classic picture of Leighton Meester in Gossip Girl with the actual title font. And this is absolutely impossible to describe on a podcast. <laughs> this is terrible content. And I'm so sorry, but it was it really was everywhere this week. So the meme is like Blake Lively's asking a question. Leighton Meester is answering it. But the only way you can answer it is by cutting up the title font for Gossip Girl. <laughs> Liz, is any of this making sense to you at all? It is, but only because I've seen it 200 times. I believe it is. I'll text my mom later, see if she followed it. So, yeah. So there are all these different different ones. It's like, you know, Blake Lively's question would be like, can you speak Spanish? And then they'll cut up the font below. So it says like, see, sí, girl. <laughs> so <laughs> so the, the joke is like they're cutting up. You can only answer it from letters in the Gossip Girl font. So like Blake Lively would be like, 3.14159. And then below it would be Leighton Meester with pie girl underneath her. I, it's honestly a great meme that is absolutely impossible to explain yep. on this platform. The best one was um, Blake Lively on top. Below her it said, I got married on a plantation. <laughs> and Leighton Meester just says, girl. <laughs> I feel like Amelia on her burner account created that one. That was a really good one. Um, that was not bad. So, not bad. Yeah. Blake Lively shared one of them on her Instagram. Not that one. But it pleases me to know that she's probably seen that one. Um, you know she's online. You know she has. Yeah. <laughs> so... It's actually a really good meme for our, our struggling times, but um, yes. really impossible to describe on a podcast. And I apologize. Yes, but seamlessly we can go into not worth the tea because I would argue that that means yeah. not worth the tea. For All right, sure. not worth the tea, Kate. Go ahead. Okay, we have to talk about it. Tea Time has a new, I guess, competitor. Arch nemesis, um, I would say. Arch nemesis, you're right. That's better. Uh, Dakota Johnson, who we actually quite like on Tea Time, historically yes, have been a fan goes of. against Ellen. She went against Ellen. We loved that. She has a lot of like very sarcastic humor online. She kind of has no no shit for some of the people we don't like. Yep. However, we're anti Dakota Johnson now because she has started an independent entertainment company called Tea Time Pictures. You guys. Uh- <laughs> I honestly don't understand. We came up with the most original, most unique name in the history of entertainment. <sighs> and somehow Dakota Johnson has also replicated this name. It's stunning. It's disturbing. Um, is this good blatant, or bad for our personal tea time brand? Really tough. Our our search engine optimization is going to take a real hit. It is. Um, no one else has ever said the words tea and time together in the history <laughs> of human existence. And I just don't know how she came up with it. Anyway, she is doing like film recommendations. They have an Instagram page. Honestly, their logo is pretty sick. I'm pretty jealous of it, I have to say. <laughs> I really like it. It's like a retro font. But she did like movie and she, she did top 10. Um, last Friday. And here were things in her top 10. I personally feel attacked by this. Portrait of a Lady on Fire was number one. As you all know, I love this film. Really, really delving into my brand. Also on here, Killing Eve season three. Tough. Mm -hmm. And Run on HBO, which is also Phoebe Waller-Bridge. I actually didn't like that show very much. But she has a whole thing on how Tea Time loves Phoebe Waller-Bridge. And I was like, wow, I really paved the way for you, Dakota Johnson. And this is how you repay me. Um, So we're declaring war on Tea Time Pictures. Just so you guys know, don't support them because it'll be an attack on us personally. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Okay. (laughs) Also, Amy Schumer, thank God for her. Bless her soul has given us some real celebrity news this week. Um, (laughs) As you guys know or may not know, her baby was born last May 
and she named him Jean Attell Fisher. And it's the middle name Attell came from her friend and fellow comic Dave Attell. So great. I think no one thought twice about Amy Schumer's baby. I don't know that that's like (laughs) top of mind for anyone, but she went on her podcast this week and announced that she has changed her baby's name officially to Jean David because Jean Attell sounds kind of like Jen Telt. <laughs> Sorry, I can't do that with a straight face. It sounds like genital, you guys. And she accidentally named her baby that, which is tough. And I understand. Uh, yeah, I don't know a lot of people. I guess when you go to elementary school and stuff, this becomes a problem. I don't know a lot of people piecing first and middle names to make like evil, mean nicknames. But anyway, this baby is now named Jean David. So that's just great. Kate, do you have anything to add? Um, that's really tough. And I honestly just don't, I feel like part of being a parent is saying your child's name out loud. Every yes. possible way, every possible interpretation, trying out all nicknames, trying out everything that rhymes with your kids' names that you know yes. the things that kids are going to call them on the playground. Yeah. You know, like you have to do that. And it's like part of your responsibility. And I feel like this is just a failure of, of parenting and a failure of forethought. I know you're so tired, but when you name the baby, don't you say it a couple times all the way through? I mean, I don't know right. what the hell happens after you have a baby, but it's like, oh, this is Gina Tell. And you're like, right. Gina Tell. <laughs> Gina Tell. Like, I don't know. Like, even just the basic being like, okay, Jean, what rhymes with Jean? Mean Jean. Like, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Like, you got to go through all the possible. Yes. 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 So I think she failed on that front. She did. But now her baby's name is Jean David. So I guess you can stop thinking about the baby now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> um, and then lastly, and not worth the tea, our man, Army Hammer, is about two and a half, three weeks late to the Tiger King stuff. He, I swear this was inspired by it. He now has a mohawk. He has a handlebar mustache. He was like wearing this ripped t-shirt, put it on Instagram. And he's trying and failing to be Joe Exotic. And I have no patience for it. And I don't think anyone else does either. He looks horrible. It's just, he has a mo, like a curly mohawk. I saw a picture of it. I know he's trying to be funny and just like get attention, but I was like, used to be like a real heartthrob and you look horrible and you look like Hulk Hogan. And it was troubling. I swear his Oscar snub really just spiraled him. (laughs) It it started with the jumpsuits and it's just gone downhill from there. That was the first cry for help we should have known. And also, yeah. he's so late to this. I don't know. It's like, we already did know. this. We cycled through, and now we're on to other things. Huh. Oh, and then quickly, someone tagged this for us on Twitter. And I I tried, whoever this was, to talk about and look into the Cheetah Girl drama. Kate, I don't know if you saw this. I haven't. Well, I, I tried. I really did try. did my research. Basically, you guys remember Cheetah Girls from, like, the early 2000s. It was, of like, raven Simone, Adrian Bellion, Kelly Williams, Sabrina Bryant. I guess they had this big falling out. Um, anyway, this is truly not worth the tea. I couldn't even bring myself to, like, give it an official, like, bullet point on our outline. <laughs> anyway, they, like, have some feud that was written about that's, like, still unsolved. raven Simone got in the middle. Anyway, I really tried. Tried looking into it. I couldn't do it. Couldn't. I have limits, you guys. Not worth the not worth the tea. So we're not going to talk about it. Okay, we're bringing Amelia back for her very special category I teased at the top of the show. This is Amelia's You Oughta Know. And I know that might go over your head on an audio <laughs> platform, but ought is spelled like the odds. Okay, Amelia, the world's your oyster. You have the floor. Go ahead. Thank you. Thank you very much. Today, we're going to talk about something that actually didn't happen technically in the aughts, which is like 
the year 2000 to the end of 2009, but that's fine. It involves a lot of odd famous people. It does. And it's it's mid to 2010s. So I'm going to set the scene. The scene, we are talking about Ibiza or Ibiza if you're like, European. <laughs> um, it's an island off the coast of Spain. It's very party-centric. People mm-hmm. love going on their vacations there and everything. So it's late July 2014. Ibiza. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Cipriani's, um, which is a very upscale restaurant chain. They have restaurants like in New York and I think like Paris. Anyway, all these celebrities go there and allegedly that night, not only was Justin Bieber there, Orlando Bloom was there, but also, get this, Paris Hilton, Lindsay Lohan, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Sean P. Diddy Combs. They were wow. all in attendance. I know. And I'll so. say, Amelia, wasn't this in the height of Bieber's kind of, um, you know, he went yes. through a party phase. He went through like very, yes. yeah, troubled time that like we later knew was due to drugs and all this like personal turmoil and stuff. But just from the outside looking in, it was more just like he was crazy partying, right? Totally. This was his era of like just douchiness. Like yeah. peak douche. He was hanging on yachts with models named like Vovana and Sierra. And you know, um, I'm, I'm 100% serious. Okay. So anyway, so they're in Ibiza or Ibiza and we don't really know exactly how it went down because there are several sides to this story. But we do know that something caused Orlando Bloom to throw a punch at Justin Bieber, which missed. But according to page six, Bloom took a swing at Bieber after the singer made a rude comment about Mm. Bloom's estranged wife at the time, Miranda Kerr, who is a Victoria's Secret model. She is also now married to Snapchat founder Evan Spiegel. But at the time, you know, she was still had a contract with Victoria's Secret probably. Right. So you're probably wondering like, what? Why? Why would this happen? Well, let me tell you. Let me give you a little background. Um, Miranda Kerr, the Victoria's Secret show back in, I think, 2012. Justin Bieber was performing at the Victoria's Secret fashion show. And there were pictures of him and Miranda Kerr. And they're very chummy, very uh, sweet, hanging out together. And there was a rumor going around that she, who, she was still with Orlando Bloom at the time. They were not estranged uh, during the time that her and Bieber were at the Victoria's Secret fashion show together. But apparently Bieber and Miranda Kerr went off and did the dirty. Oh, yeah. Not, you know, that cheating, never a good thing. Um, and so in 2014, Justin Bieber was 20. Orlando Bloom was 37. Which is wild. And it's wild because Orlando Bloom, even like at this time, and Justin Bieber was known as this like troubled kid, like kind of a classic pop star, whatever. Orlando Bloom, you would think, Regardless of like, he's like an A-list celebrity. He's like pretty highly regarded um, in Hollywood. He's been in all these amazing movies. Just to be a 37-year-old, you don't throw a punch at a 20-year-old. I don't know. I guess maybe Ibiza no, it's crazy. or whatever. You know, <laughs> attentions were high. Emotions were high. But I cannot believe this actually happened. There was, you can look this up on Google Images. Like the paparazzi photos are pretty blurry. Not a lot of good stuff right. um, like came out of it. But it's a wild time to look back at because now they're with completely different people. They're both remarried. They're right. both like, like he's about to be a father for a second time. It feels so old looking back. But this was crazy at the time. It was wild. And 
then Justin Bieber, because he wasn't mature, he was 20, you know? I mean, I don't, the jury's still out on his maturity. But anyway, <laughs> he posted to Instagram a photo, a really grainy photo of Orlando Bloom, like with his hand on his eye as if he looks like he's crying. Hmm. So he posted that. And then he posted a photo of Miranda Kerr in like a Victoria's Secret modeling shot with a little, mm-hmm. uh, I think, yeah, just a little like, hey, this is whatever, whatever. And, but he deleted both of those posts. But it just, it to me, it confirms that he slept with Miranda Kerr and that's why Orlando Bloom punched him or attempted to punch him. And then also, isn't there a weird history between Orlando Bloom and Selena Gomez? Weren't they seen a couple times? Yet? Yes. So, yeah, so it got messier as the years went on, right? Yeah. So actually right pretty much a little bit before this whole thing happened in Ibiza, um, <laughs> Selena Gomez was spotted outside of Chelsea Handler show, Uganda Be Kidding Me. Uh, great, great title. Like sharing a cigarette with Orlando Bloom. So there's wow. that element. Yeah, there's that element. So it's like, uh, what is, who, what is going on? So you have Douchey Bieber. You have history of both of these guys with their significant other kind of, you know, mm-hmm. murky in there. And then you have freaking Lindsay Lohan was there or uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. He was there. Paris Hilton. Like, the, it's just uh, crazy to me. Crazy to me. And <laughs> Lindsay Lohan apparently was cheering. Someone said that she what? saw the whole thing happen and she was that? like, Lindsay was cheering. Uh, yeah. Leonardo Can DiCaprio imagine, was. Imagine I, the things that Lindsay Lohan has seen. Like, imagine all the places she's been with all those celebrities. Like, she, her vault, if she's got anything up there still, like, she has got probably the best celebrity stories in any— Oh, my God. —in history. In history. In history. And also, what's even crazier is earlier in the day, Orlando Bloom was seen with, quote, pretty women on a yacht in the Ibiza area. And it was with Erica Parker, who is the former spouse of Australian billionaire James—or Erica Packer— uh, who is the former spouse of Australian billionaire James Packer, who has also been linked to Miranda Kerr. And there's also what? some darkness there. But yes, it's it's wild. What? There's also, a lot of we, incestuous. Yeah. Before we move on, I just want to say, how bad does Orlando Bloom have to be at punching for Justin Bieber <laughs> to duck that punch? Like, unless <laughs> you're a trained fighter or a right. boxer or in some way, like it's pretty hard to do that if it comes at you you know, with like enough speed and like force, whatever. I cannot believe that. Also, Justin Bieber's like not, I don't know. He's like a scrawny kid. I don't know. The whole thing is confusing. It's wild. And he was wearing a baseball cap. So you would think at least the punch would maybe have some (laughs) momentum enough to move that cap off of his head. I don't know. Uh, It's wild. Get it. I don't get it. Neither do I. Okay. We're moving on. Amelia, you'll be back with more of that kind of drama, right? Those storylines. I Hell can't yeah. freaking wait. I know very little about that period of time. I don't know. I was just like head in the books or something. So no, no, anyway, that's smart. We'll have more Amelia's You Ought to Know in further episodes. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Jamel Hill. And I'm Van Late. We're proud to introduce our new podcast, The Wire, Way Down in the Hole. We're going to recap, break down, and analyze every episode of the iconic HBO hit series, The Wire, starting from the beginning with season one. First episodes hit you on April 15th. Now, every podcast episode will include recaps, signature moments, foreshadowing, key character deep dives, little-known facts, and also awards, such as We Love This Show But, 
the Stringer Bell Fuckboy Award, my personal favorite, who won the episode, and more. So subscribe to The Wire Way Down in the Hole on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we'll see you in West Baltimore on April 15th. Okay, uh, we are moving now along to the next category. I have been looking forward to this all week. I am so freaking excited. This is cringe mode Twilight. Kate, hello. Hello. I just want to really quick give credit to binge mode. Uh, We tweeted as a joke that we were going to call this cringe mode. And uh, we're just fully ripping them off. And yeah, I just full just full disclosure. This is a total ripoff of binge mode. I would say this is like a soft pitch to our coworkers if we did an okay <laughs> job. I think that there's room to talk about all the really shitty books and movies we consumed um, from an earlier era. I wish we could do an entire podcast about this whole series and possibly even book, but we'll try to keep it within the confines of yes. this category. All right. Okay. Really quick though. We both <laughs> read the book in one sitting. This was on accident. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe it. I did read this entire book. However, I did skip almost every section where it's uh, her with her dad, Charlie. Yeah. I just couldn't get myself back. You got to do it. <laughs> you do. Um, yeah. So Liz and I both reread the first book. We both watched the first movie. And we're ready to dive back into the first whole whole Twilight saga installment. Yes, I have never reread or rewatched his books. It kind of did a one and done situation, probably for good mm. measure now that I've revisited it now as a 26-year-old. <laughs> but yeah, we're starting with the book, the book takeaways. Um, okay. Off the top, you can so easily see how this spun into Fifty Shades of Grey. There is so much underlying sexual tension through the book and the movie. Um, I can't believe I was like reading this as a, I don't know, 12 or 13 year old. Yes. Uh, So off the top, I want to give about 100 reasons why this book messed up every single romantic relationship I'd have for like the next 12 years. (laughs) Dark. Problem number one, uh, Edward Cullen's anger with Bella Swan only made her more interested in him. The first 10 chapters of this book is like, he stared at me with an anger that like <laughs> pierced my soul and his clenched fist and his gritted teeth. Like he is so mad at her for no reason. And Bella being an idiot is like, ooh, maybe that means he <laughs> likes me. And that was toxic it's for me. Up. It's <laughs> fucked up. That is not what that means. Or it did in this context, but never again, ever. Right. It's like, here's a quote. It goes, he stared at me again, meeting my eyes with the strangest expression on his face. It was hostile, furious. I looked away quickly, shocked, going red again. I stumbled over a book in the walkway and had to catch myself on the edge of a table. And then she goes, I shivered at the threat in his voice. You guys, that's not good. <laughs> that is not a good or attractive thing. Really bad. And you could argue that, like, she wasn't turned on by it. But then the fact that the timeline moves so quickly from, like, he hates me to, like, we would die for each other, that they clearly are developing feelings at this point. So it's really problematic. (laughs) Problem number two. That brings me exactly to problem number two. This messed up my timeline for how things work. (laughs) All right. She flies in the night before the spring semester, whatever the fuck, starts. Okay. The night before. (laughs) Day one, she gets out out by like fucking three different people. <laughs> okay, that never happened. And then isn't it also day one where they meet in the bio lab and then like that night he's watching her sleep? 
the sleeping thing happens way too fast. You can argue that that should never happen. That really should never happen. But he is like immediately obsessed with her and watching her sleep. And she's like, okay with that eventually. Nobody tells me that you have to quote unquote talk to a guy for like four and a half months, see if he wants to do anything and then start the whole other complicated process. That's just the beginning. Meanwhile, I was reading this book being like, yeah, great. A guy can fall in love with me. We can like start this very, I guess, tumultuous relationship like right off the bat. Doesn't happen. It moves even faster in the movie. We're going to get to the movie, but the timeline is is exacerbated even more. Problem number three. If you commit early, he'll commit right back. She basically from the jump is like, fucking take my blood, ready to become a vampire. I want to be like an everlasting monster with you after a very short amount of time. And he's like, hell yeah, let's do it. That doesn't happen. Um, And then last problem that we have time for from the book is like, I thought that being a pale, shy brunette, you'd be like the belle of the ball, (laughs) which I was at the time and still am now. And that is not the case, you guys. <laughs> yeah, she. the whole book is like, she's like, I'm so hideous. I'm so awkward. Everyone hates yeah. me. And then literally like three guys in one day ask her to a dance. Edward is like the whole time like listening and being like, thank fuck she said no. I would literally kill this person if she said yes. Yeah. And the whole time she's like, everyone hates me. Like I'm so hideous and no yeah. one likes me. It's awful. Yeah. It's awful. My main, I had all these questions as well with the book. Um, what I realized rereading this book is that my mental images in eighth grade for this book were like really off and how they've mm. developed over time. And I want to point out one specific scene before we get to the movie. This is already taking too long, but it's really important. Yeah. There's this famous scene in the meadow where they hike like through a trail. It's kind of their first date. They're talking a lot about what Edward's like, et cetera. And Stephanie Meyer is describing their outfits. And first of all, Bella has absolutely horrific fashion sense, both in the book and the movie. So at least that's yeah. consistent. But she describes Edward's outfit. And it's this kind of iconic scene. I think if anyone has read or seen Twilight, they remember like this meadow scene where he like walks out and he's all sparkly. (laughs) It was a big deal in eighth grade. (laughs) But the way that she describes his outfit, she says that he's wearing a white collared shirt underneath a sweater. And then he takes off the sweater and it turns out that the shirt is sleeveless. And then he's wearing it unbuttoned. And so I just need everyone to know that in this, in our heads, when we're picturing this meadow scene as like horny eighth graders, mm-hmm. <laughs> Kaya, please cut that out. Um, as eighth <laughs> graders, <laughs> he's literally wearing a sleeveless collared white shirt, like a Chippendale dancer. Yep. Uh, yep. I, I, I have that. no. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was just absolutely horrified by that realization. Uh, I wish we had so much more time for this. We're going to jump into the movie now, which we also yes. watched. Starting with the cast. Okay. Great cast in this movie. I actually think this movie was cast extraordinarily well. Yes. It doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean that like they did a good job necessarily. But I I, like I have no quibbles with being like this person shouldn't have been playing this character, especially reading the book right before I watched the movie. Obviously, Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson are honestly like pretty good like legitimately yeah. pretty good um i think you could i have more problems with robert pattinson as edward but like Me they both well. <laughs> are extremely good actors and like have thriving careers but even like the other characters um taylor lautner is only in this movie for a second and we're gonna obviously talk about him more next week uh but he's adorable he makes a great jacob black at least even before he gets the abs out in the second movie i think all the vampires are pretty good um, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. None of them have really done anything else. Nikki Reed obviously is like a crazy person who does yoga with her brother. And we talk about that a lot um, on yeah. Tea Time. But 
Like, I honestly have no quibbles. I think this movie was cast really well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, only note about the cast on my end is like big middle fingers up to the casting crew of uh, whoever brought Anna Kendrick into the world. This was definitely her oh, breakout right. role. And now she's in my face all these years later. So just uh, don't <laughs> now appreciate she's on, that. She's on Quibi with a sex doll. So really tough transition. Yeah. Uh, but the most fun thing to talk about in these movies are like the best slash worst scenes because it is rich. We pressed play at the same time yesterday and texted each other uh, <laughs> throughout. Um, the movie is iconic, first of all. It actually is. <laughs> I want it. So we talked about like Edward being so angry for like almost the whole thing. It goes in and out, but mostly for like the first chunk because he like realizes he like can't stay away from Bella, whatever. The scene in the biology lab where he sees her for the first time, presumably like smells her blood, can't read her thoughts, whatever. gets really frustrated. And in the book, it's like talking about the clenched fist, the gritted teeth, whatever. Poor, um, uh, whatever his name, Robert Pattinson, poor Robert Pattinson had to basically like look so constipated and furious. I wish this was on video. Like the scene in which he sees her for the first time and he's like fucking combusting and he's like going crazy. I I can't take it seriously now. Probably couldn't take it seriously then. It's a hard uh, thing to do as an actor. I'm sure to be like, just lean into this stuff. Like every time he's angry, it looks so ridiculous. It's insane. It actually is. This has kind of been memed, I think, a little bit, or at least, like, kind of passed around in the years since because of, like, the depth of, like, what he goes to here. Yeah. It's, like, plus, because plus it's, like, the smell, right? He, like, he, the smell of her is so, like, intoxicating. Yes. But when you don't know the context of that and you're not, like, in his head, it seems like she just smells terrible and he's, like, covering his nose, but he, like, all you can see are his eyes. And obviously she doesn't know what to do. She's, like, smelling herself. Yeah. Which is actually <laughs> underrated comedy on her part. It's just hilarious. It's so like, bad. What was, what was the director's advice being, like, I, okay, Robert Pattinson, fucking, you look like you're about to take a gigantic shit. <laughs> like, fucking try your hardest. And he's, <laughs> he, like, is, like, quaking. It's so <laughs> insane. Yeah, it doesn't look like he wants to like jump her then and there, which is what it's supposed to be. It's like she smells horrible and he like is, I don't even know. It's iconic. iconic. (laughs) Okay. And then the other good scenes, good is in quotes. Yes. Um, So we talked about the meadow scene in the book just now. They do this a little differently, but perhaps the most iconic scene from the movie is they walk into the clearing. She basically just skips school. And they have this monologue where obviously the writers were like, this is going to win us a fucking Oscar. Where Bella's like, I know what you are. Your skin is cold. You don't eat. Blah, blah, blah. Like all (laughs) this stuff. You're so beautiful. And he's like, say it. Say it out loud. Say it. (laughs) Vampire. And like they have this whole like. Wait, is this where he's spider monkeying through the forest and like hopping on little rocks and then like hops a hundred yards and then a little tree is like, say it. And she's on the (laughs) ground being like, your hands run cold and your eyes are black. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And this also escalates so quickly. They hate each other 30 seconds before this. And then like, she's like, I know what you are. I blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden he's like, you can't be in love with me. And she's like, I would die for you. And it escalates so incredibly quickly. He is, he's like jumping in trees. He's trapping her up against rocks. He's throwing trees into other trees. And then he also does the thing where he glimmers for the first time, which in the movie is just hysterical. Absolutely. (laughs) This, yeah, this also brings me to 
him carrying her on his back because apparently yes. he's like as a vampire very fast on his feet he can like I don't know what go 45 50 miles per hour and I guess that's like the mode of transportation they keep going back to because for some reason like hopping in a car and driving on the highway is like not too feasible. slow it's too slow and I was so curious rereading it being like, God, I can't really remember how the movie does this. This is like so <laughs> awkward because essentially he slings her on his back and Correct. just takes off on foot. And she's like <laughs> like a little backpack. And it's just as awful in the movie. It's like, I mean, God bless the editors. Like they try to just cut through trees so you can't really see Robert Pattinson mm-hmm. trying to do this. But she's Doesn't like work. bouncing on his back like, <laughs> And, like, why is that the best method to take them places? I don't know. I don't know. It's insane. It's really bad. Also, things that, phys- like, in terms of physics, did not translate well to the movie. We got to talk about the baseball scene. Yeah. Um, in the book and in the movie. Honestly, it's a great scene in both, I would argue, but quite bad. Bella goes to watch the vampires play baseball. They have to play baseball during a thunderstorm because they're so loud when they hit the ball and when they crash into each other. Um, mm-hmm. Just a great choice in terms of plotting. And in the movie, they're, ab- like, hitting this ball into like the stratosphere Edward's like (laughs) running into the woods to catch it throwing it back they're like jumping into the air jumping off each other it just looks absolutely ridiculous Uh, and it's edited in a very dramatic way there's this one shot where Jasper like hits a ball and it zooms in on his face and he's like ha 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 and (laughs) (laughs) if you've seen it then you know Um, and it's very entertaining but it's just ridiculous just this whole movie is ridiculous Um, And then before, just last little category here is we want to pick some nits, right? Yes. And we had one, I had one huge problem with this movie that became very evident while rewatching. And this is by far the best of the movies. So I'm sure our nits um, category will be far larger going on into the future. But the color grading of this movie, it's all blue. It's egregious. It's uh, like... I hit play and I was like, what is wrong with this? And we were watching it on kind of a sketchy like screener site, like for free because we didn't want to pay for it. Um, And I was like, is it uploaded wrong? And then I like looked up a YouTube clip and I was like, no, this is just how it looks. And I guess it's just supposed to be like this, you know, sort of aesthetic, like, you know, rainy, But it's so on the nose that it's, (laughs) it's like, okay, we can understand nuance as teens. Like, you don't need to turn the entire thing blue in order for us to be in, like, a vampire, like, right. <laughs> Pacific it's, Northwest it's world. Awful. It's truly awful. But, yeah, this is by far the best of the Twilight movies. Uh, I think by far I the best book. Say, and I had a great time yeah. revisiting both. Oh, I had the time of my life. Um, I don't know if I'm going <laughs> to keep reading. Maybe the second one. Yeah. But I'll definitely keep the watching The second one them. sucks. The second— right. I'm Next week's going to be— tough. <laughs> yeah, you guys. So revisit it with us, please. It makes yes. it so much better. Yeah. We'll be rewatching the movies for sure. I'll probably flip through the books just because the first one was really fun to revisit. Um, yeah, but yeah, we're going to keep going through the rest of the books and movies. Yes. All right. Last category of the episode. We are bringing back Amelia for from the teabag. You sent in so many good ones. We're just picking up where we left off. Uh, let's start off with Margaret Hulsey at Kylo Margaret's question, who I love. Kate, you want to read that one? I do. All right. Who has the most self-absorbed celebrity Instagram? Side question. Why does Busy Phillips think we want to see her dripping sweat? (laughs) 
Margaret, Great question. off the top, I love you. I have been, I don't have the, I don't have the context to talk about Busy Phillips on this pod because I really don't like being mean. I have some mean <laughs> thoughts about her social media presence. So the fact <laughs> that you share in this is important to me. <laughs> she has off the top, just by far the most self-absorbed social media presence. That is my answer <laughs> without a doubt. And I could do a deep dive. I won't, but just she films her workouts every single day. Like you mentioned, <laughs> she just drips sweat for like seven different little stories. Um, she cries half the time on her Instagram <laughs> stories. The other night she just sang a lullaby to her daughter, really sweet, but like she just filmed it and put it on her Instagram story. And she does a lot of really difficult captions. Like it's going to be okay. Or maybe it isn't, but that's also okay. I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm confused. I do therapy in my car. It's like, uh, I, <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, she's my number one pick. Kate, do you have an answer? Yeah, uh, I won't say what it was, but I remember Liz said something really mean about Busy Phillips the other day in Slack, and we were all <laughs> trying to trying to bully her into tweeting it, and it didn't work. But. Listen, I'll say it for the pod because it's we're like an hour in. She tweeted, "Happy for everyone's bread making." Also, truly could care less. Um, I watch you weep into sourdough like three times a week. I watch that. I'm not even a fan of you. So, like, you can watch uh, someone else make some banana bread. Okay, we can move on. Hey, what's your answer? <laughs> um, honestly, like, kind of a similar celebrity. We all know the types of celebrities that we, like, don't care about and don't want to hear from, but they think that they're vital content. My answer is Julianne Huff. And I have an mm. example of literally from two days ago. She posted a series of selfies, like, seven different angles of her face. And she said, hmm, I wonder who will be showing up today. Anyone else feel like this quarantine is bringing out all the versions of yourself at a rapid pace? I'm kind of digging meeting all these characters. I've named them all. And so then she put all these different emojis that she thought like represented all these different sides of herself. And literally it's like a selfie, a selfie with her tongue out, a selfie with her hair over her face, a selfie smiling, a selfie with duck face, a selfie smiling from a different angle. I was like, Julian Huff, you are not special. You do not contain multitudes. This is just the same <laughs> selfie with different angles. I can't stand it. It's horrible. Yeah. Also, Damn. just quickly, I'll say mommy <laughs> bloggers are just absolutely on their bullshit. This oh. is like their time to shine <laughs> because everyone's at home, but I'll just please cool it. Cool it. Okay, Kate, you wanted to ask a question. I did. This is a question for Amelia. Um, sure. What is the worst celebrity magazine cover that you can think of? <laughs> and this is inspired. This is what I want Amelia to talk about is inspired by Selena Gomez's cover on Interview Mag this week. Wow. If you haven't seen Interview Mag, I promise I will tweet it. Uh, it's I don't. How do I say this without being mean? It's because it's not her fault. She's a beautiful woman. She right. has such That's a the problem is it's not her. <laughs> exactly. And it's like they it's like their idea of beauty and they're like, Oh, we got to make her face really, really long. And it's as if, and I think they did. I think I proved it with my investigation. Um, you did. They literally stretched out her face. They, I don't even, I can't even explain how much they stretch. They stretched it out to make her look like a weird, bizarro world, Jessica Alba kind of. Yeah, the photo shoot was really unflattering. And it was the worst thing about it was like, she has a very classically round face, obviously. And it's beautiful. And they stretched, they completely stretched her face out. So she looks like an alien. Exactly. And the thing is, is they tried to make it all sexy. And, you know, she, 
I don't, I don't want to say it's cultural appropriation. It's borderline. But, but it's borderline po- cultural appropriation. And then also on top of that, it's like, why does your face look like what happened? Did they, they must've literally put it in Photoshop and they were like, okay, well we think it it looks better with a really long face instead of like a wide face. So we're going to do the little dropper thing. So we elongate the forehead and the chin, but also squeeze in the middle of the face. So it literally looks like, have you ever seen Rick and Morty? Yeah. (laughs) It looks like Mr. Poopy buttholes face kind of. Oh my God. Just, I don't know who so that is, long. but I can't, oh, I cannot okay. imagine that's a good thing. <laughs> it's not good. And it's sad to me because it's like, she doesn't deserve this yeah. interview magazine. That's rude. Really rude. Really tough. Um, the worst one I could think of was when Kylie Jenner did a photo shoot in a wheelchair. Oh no. Uh, <laughs> for paper mag. No. That was oh my, my number one. But there are so many Photoshop fails out there. I don't know how yeah. we continue to do this. It's just so unnecessary. Seriously. And we're talking about like, even Vanity Fair, remember they had their recent yeah. uh, scandal where they had like five legs on right. Oprah. And they yeah. was just like, what, what are we doing? Can we do yeah. na- Everyone wants natural photo shoots. Like, I don't, okay, whatever. It's true. It's annoying. Um, you guys killed that question. Do you want to start one last oh, one from Amy Ellis? Yes. Amy Ellis. Uh, Amy, thank you for this question. If you could only watch one Disney Channel movie for the rest of quarantine, which one would it be? And her answer was get a clue starring Lindsay Lohan, which is a, a great, great choice, Amy, but i um, interested to see what you guys said for this. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know my Disney channel movies very well. So I would just say like something boring, like Camp Rock or Lemonade Mouth. But I know that you guys, <laughs> I know that you guys are the experts. So I defer. Come on. Is this because you weren't allowed to watch that much TV growing up? Yeah. I haven't seen very many of them. Got it. Um, you. My answers are Rip Girls with Camilla Bell. Do you remember oh, that? Oh my God. Surfing yeah. Hawaii. She like comes to Hawaii to learn about her deceased mother. There's a bit of like, I think she inherits a plantation, which don't remember that from my childhood. And that's maybe they should change that now. Rip Girls yep. is great. Johnny Tsunami. I love all the surfing <gasps> movies. Oh my, the surfing movies are classics. Yeah. They're classics. Johnny yeah. Tsunami, you know, at my old job at Disney, someone ran into Johnny Tsunami working as a bartender. What? And they were, yeah. And they were like, hey, Johnny. Well, I mean, I don't know his real name, but they're like, hey, do you want to be in a Disney video? And he was like, yeah, sure. I'm, I need to pay to go to college or something. So <laughs> that's, that's a fun tidbit for you guys. Also, more classically, I guess everyone doesn't like this movie. I thought it was a childhood classic. I love Hercules, love all the music in it, but <gasps> I yes. a couple of my friends and I don't think it, that many people like it. I don't know why. You know what? I've heard the same thing. They're like, the plot is stupid and there's no character motivation. And I'm like, you know what? The songs it's, are great. It's also an ancient tale. So if you don't like that, exactly. you don't like fucking like Greek mythology or anything else. So get a clue. 100%. 100%. Do you have an answer, Amelia? Um, you know, I love high school musical. Mm-hmm. Um, I would also say this is it's adjacent. It's ABC Family original movie or whatever. Sure. It is called Revenge of the Bridesmaids, starring uh <laughs> Raven Simone and Joanna Swisher, Joanna Garcia Swisher. Wow. Um, and, yeah. And it is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life, yet I've seen it like upwards of 20 times just because it's just, I don't know, man. It's good. It's <laughs> stupid, but it's good. 
the story is dumb, but I love every moment of it. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just, you know, it's free on YouTube if you want to watch it. Stupid but good has been like the theme of this episode. (laughs) It has. That is actually the perfect way to end this episode. Um, (laughs) Thank you to everyone who has stuck through this. This has been a long one. Sorry. Thank you, Kaya, our producer. I'm Liz Kelly. I'm Kate Alwell. And I'm Lily Wadmeyer.